Hey, what up, Dill? How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, bro. How are you? Chilling, man. Living life. Um, so we have. How was work know, today? Uh, work was roof. I mean, yeah. there was a part where we had no tables, and then all of a sudden, we had a line out the door. No way. I, I pulled up. On, I pulled up on Sunday night. On Sunday night, it was probably dead, man. Yeah, there was like four people in there. Yeah, there's. Like there were more employees. Ended. I feel bad for Evan. He was getting yelled at a lot. Dude, that happens every day. Today, the cook, I had to pick up cooks, take them to work with me. All of a sudden, we're all sitting around the table. We start hearing something. We go back there. He's just yelling at Evan about some dishwasher or something. I don't know. Poor Evan. Poor Evan. Yeah, poor Evan, man. But Evan, I, I, I can't, Evan came over and dapped him up, you know? Yeah, of course, man. Been um, been a minute since I'd even seen yeah. him. He's coming over today, I think. But um, Got, a, uh, got another question for you. Uh, What's up? Have you done your civic duty today? I have done my civic duty. I have voted, you know. Okay, okay. We saw all these NFL posts, you know, through the NFL. That's, that's good. Uh, I want to put it out there. Uh, obviously, very, very important election, no matter yeah, who you're for voting sure. for. I, I don't want to know who you're voting for, you know. For sure. it, it's a very important election, you know. It's, it's our future. Yeah. And just if you are listening to this before the end of the night, please, please. I, I don't know if we have viewers in other states. Yeah. But I know the polls here in Michigan close. It's it's five twenty one right now. Yeah, you got about two and a half hours to get out there. If you are in line before eight p.m., they cannot turn you away. Please go vote. That is my. If you don't take anything out of this podcast today, if you don't understand any of the information that we talk about, and this is the only thing you go do, then that'll make me happy. That'll make my day if you go out and vote. For sure, man. But, we, uh, uh, you know, let's get into it, man. Exercising our rights, man. Um, yeah. That's one thing that happened today. We got a couple other things happening that we'll be breaking down for you. Um, the week eight review and breaking down next week's games, week nine. We uh, are not doing player spotlight, but we have a uh, special segment where we're going to be talking about awards, MVPs, coach of the year, stuff like that. Obviously, you remember we did uh, that. But about two weeks before the season yes, started, right before the where season, where we predicted we predicted and um, we predicted our season MVPs yeah. and offensive rookies, you know, and all that fun stuff. And now we decided to have Logan on, and that'll be our last segment today, where we will be breaking down our midseason awards. Obviously, there's a lot of intriguing names out there. The MVP for itself is pretty much the obvious choice, but it's going to be nice to see, you know, the different rookies that are going to be thrown out and the different coaches that may be thrown out and stuff like that. So very good segment coming up for you guys later on, but Al, I didn't put this in the notes. Do you want to talk about your fantasy team this week? I know we both took big L's. A big L man. I don't even want to speak on it. I've retired, man. (laughs) I noticed you did not check your team this week. I didn't on purpose, man. I gave up. I'm heartbroken, man. That's all right, man. This all-star team I put together only put up 89 this week. I did go against Mahomes. Mahomes dropped a 50-piece. Yeah. Devontae Adams, he had three tutties. He's been balling out, bro. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen Allen literally did nothing. I was talking so, you know, much praise about Josh Allen after, you know, I said – when I said when we broke down the Bills and Titans when we were watching it on that night, because we recorded late that night, it was the Tuesday night game, that he had a 30-point performance in four straight weeks. He has gone 19, 19, 17, and 11 in the last four weeks. Dang. He has four touchdowns, and he has turned the ball over five times. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, he got me 11. 
Marvin Jones had two touchdowns, though, but he only had three catches. Yeah. And two of them were touchdowns, though. Philip Lindsay wasn't thinking about starting him. I did. I got some advice from somebody not in our league. He said, start Lindsay. I picked up Aguilar because Lindsay was a question. He had the concussion yeah. last week. He did have 83 yards and a touchdown. I'm glad I didn't start Aguilar because Aguilar only had two car- two targets and he didn't even get a catch. Yeah, so. he probably would have dropped it. So, yeah, without uh, Philip Lindsay's 15, I would have had a whopping 73 or 74 this week. Wow. So, yeah, that that's about it. I am 3-5 and five as well as you, and it's sad I'm 3-5 and five because I do have 1,000 points this season. What's the worst is I was 3-0 and oh and then I went – Oh and five in the last five games. I I literally am eighty six points off having the most points in the league, and the difference between first the first the team with first place right now and when it comes to points four is five and three. So there's two games separating us and eighty six points. I mean, I obviously did have that heartbreaking one point loss. Oof. That I did not. I vowed never to speak again about, and here I am speaking about it. Ah oh, man, that just that that was what four weeks ago, and I'm still mad about it. But enough about our garbage fantasy teams. Let's get into this week eight review. The Thursday night game: the Falcons twenty five and the Panthers seventeen. The Falcons I, got I their second think... victory of the season, going to win. going to Carolina <laughs> after the absolute disaster, heartbreak, whatever you want to call it that they had against the Lions the week before. And they showed that maybe they're not – I mean, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but they're not giving up on the season, you know. Yeah, for sure. Matt Ryan had 281 yards. He had a rushing touchdown. He just kept fitting the ball down to Julio Jones, though. Julio Jones had 80 yards in the first two drives. He ended up with seven for 137 in the game. Teddy Bridgewater struggled with 176 yards with a touchdown and a pick. Mike Davis only had 77 all-purpose on 14 touches. They will be getting Christian McCaffrey back next week. Finally. I think Christian McCaffrey would have played if they would have played Sunday versus Thursday. Just that extra extra three days would have helped him, I believe. And the wide receivers for the Panthers struggled. DJ Moore only 55 yards. Robbie Anderson only 48 yards. And Curtis Samuel only 31 yards. They had 11 combined catches. Yeah, that was the problem. I mean, the Falcons didn't blow the lead at all. No, um, I really thought they were, though. They The Panthers were marching down the field, and I just could see it happening. I could, too. But, you know, they learned from their mistakes. I think what happened was Yeah, what, fourth times really the charm? The fourth times the charm this season, right? Yeah, I guess They so. blew the Nothing. one in Atlanta. They blew the Chicago <laughs> one. Or the they blew the Dallas, Dallas. one, sorry. They blew the Chicago one, and then obviously the the disaster against the Lions. For real. And, I mean, uh, for the Panthers, I I just think nothing really worked. They tried to get some things, but nothing really Mm -hmm. just ended up sticking, man. I think people Um, are finally starting to scheme around um, Mike Davis. Yeah. Because they're using him a lot like Christian McCaffrey. And then I think they started scheming well also that Curtis Samuel will go out of the backfield every once in a while and, you know, take a carry or two. Because I believe he had a touchdown or two against the Saints rushing. Yeah, I uh, I think I think so. Um, I think that uh, the Falcons proved me wrong. I think I had the Panthers winning this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like I said, you know, nothing just seemed to work for the Panthers, and it's got to be attributed to probably that scheme, like you said, scheming around uh, Mike Davis. Um, they really held him to 14 touches, and and on 14 touches, only 70, 70 uh, yards. And, uh, you know, 
I, I, I give credit to the Falcons. The next game that I don't want to even give credit to and I don't even want to act like it exists, um, this was just an embarrassing level of football. I mean, the, the types of plays that were happening were like insane Madden, insane plays. Like it, it was like the touchdowns would be like, you know, they, they these were some highlights for the week, right? But at, at, at the core, this game was just embarrassing to me. Um, running back struggles for the Lions. Um, this was just some – this I don't know. This was some bad, bad energy. Colts 41, Lions 21. When I saw that score, I, <sighs> like, Man, that I felt murdered inside. I felt like I had been murdered. Dude, it was 20 to 14. You know, I kind of gave up on it at 20 to 7. Yeah. I, I had started to do my notes, and I got back into it at halftime. We marched yeah. right down the field and scored. It was 20 to 14. We got a stop on defense, and we started marching down the field again. Stafford was, you know, making the right reads. He was making good good passes. And yeah. then that third and nine, just, just take the sack. Just take the sack. We'll get the three points. I know Prater had missed a field goal already, but – Prater has shown when he does miss one that he is able to redeem himself. Obviously, like he did in Atlanta last a couple weeks ago. But and then just the strip sack, and then to let Indianapolis go right down the field. And then, you know, you go right down, you get the ball back again after that touchdown, and you throw the pick six right to the Colts defender. I mean, if you march down the field again and score and make it a one-score game, we're still in this thing. I mean, Stafford, he did play good besides the interception. 336 yards, three touchdowns. But Kenny Galladay injured his hip. A grade one. They still haven't – I still haven't heard anything if it's a grade one or a grade two hip strain. They've been keeping it under wraps, man. They're not speaking to anybody. A grade – so for those that you don't know, a grade one hip strain is a one- to two-week injury. But a grade two hip strain would basically end his season. So we're really hoping it's a grade one hip strain. Because I still think we're still in this thing, especially with the extra wild card this season. But if we lose him for the season, you might as well just write off the rest of the season. You know, we held, or before I get to the you know Colts running backs, I want to talk about the Lions running backs. Yeah. We had 11 carries for eight yards between Swift and Peterson. They, they had Agnew run a reverse for 11 yards, and Stafford had a 10-yard rush. They wow. had 21 yards between Agnew and Stafford, and the running backs got eight. Wow. Phillip Rivers had 262 yards and three touchdowns. We made him look like, you know, 2009 Phillip Rivers. Rivers. We held Jonathan Taylor to a 22 yards on 11 carries. But their yeah. backup, Jordan Wilkins, had 89 yards and 20 carries and a touchdown. And then, obviously, Naheem Hines with 62 total yards on eight touches with two touchdowns and three, and three cartwheels. I wanted to throw that stat in there. For I, sure. Three I really wheels. think that should have been unsportsmanlike. I'm not going to lie. Honestly, yeah. Just be able – and I know I'm a little salty because I'm a Lions fan and we got beat by 20 by a team that we really should have beat. But, I mean, to to do somersaults and backflips and cartwheels in the end zone, that should just be unsportsmanlike. I mean, for crying out loud, we threw unsportsmanlike penalties when Jimmy Graham dunked the ball through the goalposts goal when yeah, he was a member of the Saints. And but yet you're letting NFL players in 2020 literally do, you know, cartwheels in the end zone after they score. You got any thoughts on this game? I mean, I don't even know what else to say about it. Um, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm embarrassed to be a Lions fan. 41-21 just felt like a massacre. It felt like we got 
destroyed. It felt like like just that score. Looking at it, say Colts forty one, Lions twenty one. I feel dead inside, um, and that was just ugly football. Um, the running backs were the worst part of it all. Eight yards on eleven, and 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 that's really all I want to talk about. Moving on to another game that shocked me. Dolphins 28, Rams 17. Yeah. I would have never, ever, 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 ever predicted this. I mean, Tua didn't look great in my Tua, opinion. Tua looked miserable. His brother yeah. played way better in Mar- at Maryland as he got yeah. his first win. He ended up going yeah. for like 400 yards of offense and four touchdowns. Sure. But, I mean, I'm going to – the first bullet point in my notes about this game is I was way off. I said the Rams were going to wipe the floor with the Dolphins. Both quarterbacks struggled in this game. Tua obviously only had 12 completions for 93 yards, but did get that first NFL touchdown. So give me another point on the board if you guys are keeping track at home on predictions this year. Jared Goff, 355 yards on 61 passes and two interceptions. He did complete only 35 of those passes. I mean, Jared Goff threw the ball 61 times, and they only scored 17 points. That blows my mind. Dang. <laughs> dang. That's all you can say is just dang. 61 throws, and you can only score 17 points. 35 uh, 61. The Dolphins <laughs> defense did have a good game. They had a yeah, 78 that, yard. That was the difference, maker. They had a 78 yard fumble return, and then obviously Jakeem Grant with that 88 yard punt return. He's insane. That, that guy, the Dolphins should never get rid of him unless he wants to leave. For real, he's insane. Cooper Cup really was the offensive MVP at each team, though. He had 11 catches for 110 yards. They targeted him 21 times. Dude, what? That is insane, man. This was it was a crazy game for it being 28 to 17. I mean, the winning quarterback throws for 93 yards, and the losing quarterback throws the ball 61 times. Yeah, insane stuff you could never ever predict. This was a game that I just never thought I'd be seeing the Dolphins come out on top of. Um. Moving on to another game that uh, had you told me a couple weeks ago this would be the score, I would have laughed at you. I would have said, no, the Cowboys are definitely going to win. Since Dak has gone down, the Cowboys are the worst team in the NFL, worse than the Jets, worse than the Giants. Eagles 23, Cowboys 9. You're really telling me the Cowboys scored 12 I got to look back at our our episode 27 notes because I think that was my score prediction, actually. For real? It was somewhere. It was like 24 to 10 or 30 or 23 to hang on, hang on. Let's take a look. Give me give me a quick I mean, second here. I they, think I see? actually think I did predict this. Nope, I had 24 to 10. Dang it. One point off on <laughs> each. A point that off is on so each. close. But, I mean, that was just a miserable game. I think I only watched about four plays of it. That is how much none. interest. That's how many. That's how much interest. I mean, I worked early on Monday morning, but I just had zero interest in this game. It was an offensive struggle. Uh Ben Denichi, I believe is his name, the new Cowboys quarterback. Yeah, uh, 180, 180 yards and two fumbles. Carson Wentz had 120 yards and four turnovers. He threw two interceptions and fumbled the ball twice. Yikes. Dude, he's so trash. I mean, you could only say – I mean, I guess the bright spots in the game is uh, Zeke had 63 rushing yards and he did not fumble. Oh, he did not. Which is which is quite a shocker for Zeke in yes. 2020. I mean, dude, um, I agree. Travis Fulgham and Jalen Rieger both get touchdowns. Jalen Rieger obviously coming back from that injury. Maybe he can, you know, make a late run for rookie of the year if he can get hot at the right time. 
Boston Scott, 70 rushing yards, and probably his last start as I see Miles Sanders coming back real soon. And Al, even Jalen Hurts threw a pass. He went one for one for nine yards. I, I, was, the Eagles, I was surprised uh, to see Hurts come in the game, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, all I really wrote in my notes was Cowboys with the clown emoji. <laughs> um, and, uh, and Andy Dalton did. Uh, I heard he tested positive for COVID. So uh, even though he may be recovered from this concussion, uh, this seventh-round rookie will be starting against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that just made the Steelers-Cowboys game that more much of a blowout. <laughs> I mean, this <laughs> dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's, We're not it's... even breaking that game down, I don't think. So. I know. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be that bad. <laughs> it's going to be a murder scene. Um. They're gonna be, I mean, eight and zero, and and I feel like the Cowboys they they need to just watch Dallas game. actually win that game. Watch Jerry Jones way. come in and play quarterback. No, I'm just watch watch <laughs> Dallas find a weird way to win this game. Like, it's just gonna be weird. <laughs> I just have a bad feeling, not a bad feeling, but a weird feeling that Dallas is gonna come out. You know, Zeke's gonna have like 150 yards, and they're gonna somehow win this game. Hey, I could definitely see it happening, man. In some in some way, shape. I mean, or it's form. the NFL. No, no game is a gimme. We found that as Lions fans, we found that out more than you know other teams. I think. <laughs> no, just, ask the, I mean, just ask the Tennessee Titans. They lost to the one win Cincinnati Bengals. Dude, that was a crazy game. That did not make sense. Another game that just did not make sense. And the last one we'll be yeah. talking about reviewing: Bucks twenty five, Giants twenty three. Crazy how close this game was. I mean, the Insane Giants for, how close this game was. You know, the Giants led like 70% of that game. I mean, I love last look before the Bucks started their comeback, it was like 17 to 9 Giants, like midway through the third quarter. And I kept thinking, I was like, the Giants aren't gonna win this game, right? There's there's just no way. <laughs> but it was almost, I think, the upset. It probably would have been the upset of the season, I think. Yeah, yeah. Having the one win Giants beat the uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers and with Tom Brady in the hot form that he was it was almost a shocking upset yeah Tom Brady 279 yards and two scores he was on fire though the two lead backs of Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones got 74 combined yards on 22 carries Daniel Jones kind of had a typical Daniel Jones game he had two touchdowns but he also had two interceptions we got to talk about that catch by Golden Tate in the back of the end zone to you know get them in range to get that two-point conversion to tie the game I mean, they have a big role this game. The the throw by Daniel Jones was nice, but Golden Tate to go up and get it at his size and make that toe tap in the back corner of the end zone sure. was amazing. And uh, we got to have, you know, it's not a week in the NFL without any controversy. We got to talk about that possible PI at the end of the game. Hey, I mean, I, I Daniel I, Jones I was throwing it. At, he was going to throw it out in the flat to Dan or to Deion Lewis. And Antoine Winfield, you know, was a little late to the ball and made some contact. But I guess the refs didn't think it was enough contact to warrant a PI and a retry. And the Giants would have had to get an onside kick and a field goal to win the game. And they obviously got neither one of them. I mean, man, you know, the refs are definitely rigged. I feel like this was to just Roger Goodell is the man and uh that you we hear about all the time, you know, we're they're creating the legend of Tom Brady. He's a legend on his own. Obviously, seeing him no longer with the Patriots, you can clearly see how much he meant right. to that. Talk team. talk about a team that's crumbled. 
I yeah, mean, Brady was the key piece. But man. Cam Newton can't be holding the ball like that at the 15 yard line with 20 seconds left. I'm sorry, swear, man. You I can't you can't carry the football like that in the NFL, let alone in a one score game when you're trying to set up a field goal to send swear. the game to overtime. I mean, swear. the Bills didn't play that well in that game, and they they okay they didn't deserve to win, but they won. But at the same way, you look and say the Patriots deserve to win. I mean. We got to talk about one more thing before we go on to this week nine preview. The wind issue in Cleveland. Did you see that? What? Daniel Carlson's field goal. No, I did not. You didn't see that? So (laughs) Daniel Carlson, the uh, kicker for the Las Vegas Raiders, had about a 40-yard field goal in the second quarter in their game against the Browns. Uh And it it was a pretty windy kind of a day in Cleveland. Obviously, you know, coming off of Lake Erie, they do get a little bit of wind every now and then. He was on the center hash, and it was going right down the middle, man. And then all of a sudden, it just went all the way to the left. And by the time the kick landed, you couldn't see it in the camera. That's how bad the wind directed his kick to the left. Dang. (laughs) I saw it, and I laughed so hard. It was just—it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I mean... (laughs) Dude, I <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up immediately. Yeah, following. maybe maybe uh, I'll find it for you and I'll uh, I'll send it sure to you later. Send it to me, man. That's so goofy, dude. The Browns just have bad luck, man. But um, week nine preview, uh, first game up Thursday night football. This is one that always tends to be a good game. Packers 49ers. I I remember back to you know Colin Kaepernick being in the league, playing on a team, and and that 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 playoff game, man. This game is going to be bad because uh, now with George Kittle being out basically for the season, yeah, Garoppolo's sad. out six weeks. Yeah, sounds like half the running back room in for the Green Bay Packers has COVID. Tevin Coleman's injured for this game. It's yeah. going to be a lot of guys that you're not really familiar with in this game. Yeah, you know Nick Mullins and Jordan Reed and. <laughs> I don't even know who's going to be a running back for the Green Bay Packers because uh, Aaron Jones may not come back. And uh, their other two top two backs, like Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon, have COVID. So it's not really – I may have to change my predictions a little bit. I did say it was going to be a close one. But maybe the Packers win this thing in a blowout in this 2019 NFC title game rematch, and these teams are going to look a whole lot different yeah, than they did I mean, in that 20. 20- I said they were going to look a little bit different in my notes, but now with all these injuries happening, they're going to look a whole lot different than they did in I that 2019 that 49ers, title game. Had the 49ers had a healthy team, they would take this. They may they may have taken this. Oh, they would take this if they had um, a healthy team. I agree. But like like you said, I'm excited just to see these jerseys. Um, whenever whenever the Packers and 49ers face off, I love the matchup. I just love mm-hmm. the teams against each other. The it's game, too bad. I think the Niners wore their throwbacks last week in Seattle, which I thought they would maybe save for the Thursday night game. Yeah, I thought so too. May- I mean, maybe they'll wear Maybe they'll go back to back, but that's not very rare. Or it's very yeah, rare very to see common. you know alternate jerseys worn back to back weeks. Yeah, Packers are going to take this. I- I'm just excited to see a, a game that, um, I mean, obviously they're missing a lot of stuff. Had had it been a healthy team, this would have been real the first Thursday night football game I've been excited for since the opener. Um, but I mean, moving on to Sunday with a a uh, another divisional match for us uh, Vikings at Lions. Man, you know this 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 uh, is going to be a well. We're actually game. in Minnesota, but I don't think it's going to matter because uh, there's no fans either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I did make a mistake on that. I believe it's in Minnesota. Uh, I mean, shouldn't be a difficult game for the Lions to win. But, I mean, it is the Lions after all. 
And I'm going to say the Minnesota is going to win this game 24 to 20. Cousins is going to have a good game. He's going to continue that hot form that he started last week in Green Bay. Really surprised me playing well in Green Bay last week. He's going to throw a touchdown to Justin Jefferson with 45 seconds left to win it. Stafford struggles, 200 yards. He throws an interception. The backs, the running backs, they keep the Lions in the game. Peterson has about 40 yards. Swift gets up into the 60s and 70s, but it's not enough for the Lions to win this game, and they're going to move further and further away from a playoff spot and further from 500. Dang. I mean, I I, I see it happening too, man. Uh, And that's something I never thought I'd be saying, man. I remember right before the season, I was saying 11 and 5, we're going to be good. We're going to be fine. I thought the Vikings were trash until they just beat the Packers. And I mean, Dalvin Cook is just going to destroy us. Um, um, Obviously, Trey Flowers now being out is going to hurt us more than anything for the Lions on the Lions side of things. Also, not having Galladay on the offensive side, I I, think. I, I think we might get murdered this game worse than 41-21. Really? You think it's going to be that bad? I mean, the way the Vikings – I mean, the Vikings balled out against the Packers. I'm dude, not going to lie. Dude, they were balling. They were balling, man. I think the Vikings – But are if Rodgers did have a chance at that Hail Mary, I think he had a good chance of completing it. So, I don't know if you saw that last play of the game, the Hail Mary from about 35 yards where we got strip sacked at the end. Yeah, are you talking about right at the end of the game? Yeah, right at the end of the game. Yeah, I feel like if he had a chance, um, Packers, obviously Aaron Rodgers, the king of the Hail Mary, man. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this game this game would have been a little close um, had had there been that chance for that. Um, Vikings are going to take this one against the Lions, though. Moving mm-hmm. on to Seahawks at Bills. I'm super excited about this one because of Josh Did you say Allen the Seahawks at the Dills? No, yeah, at the it's, Dills. It sounded like at the Dills. <laughs> Well, I didn't know I had Dylan's my own. House. I didn't know the I had Seahawks my own football are coming team. to Dill's place. I ha- awesome, man! I get to meet my idol. It's about time. Yeah, Russell Wilson, he's coming, bro. He's on his way right now. I called him. Heck he's yeah, bro! He's, he's my wearing dog. a mask. Don't worry, though. He's wearing a mask. I'll have. I'll sign my poster. Yeah, have him sign your uh, mask, man. Have him sign. <laughs> have him sign your Kroger mask. All right, uh, <laughs> Um, I mean, this, 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 this should be a really good game. It, it should be. It, it should be probably game of the week, unless that Saints Bucks, in your opinion. But I mean, it's going to be chilly up there. The Seahawks have had a good history of going East Coast games, playing that one o'clock Eastern, which is you know normally a ten o'clock window out in Seattle. Russ is going to keep cooking, man. 325, three touchdowns, two to Metcalf, one to Lockett, and he's going to have a rushing score as well. Josh Allen's going to have a career game, I think. I think he's going to bounce back well with 400 yards and four touchdowns but and help the Bills bounce back after a tough few weeks. And I see them pulling off this upset and getting control of the AFC East with a 38-35 to victory. Man, I'm giving this to Seattle because of – I mean, the Patriots obviously just lost to the Bills, but it, the Bills should have could have lost that game had Cam mm-hmm. like you said, not hold held the ball that long. Do you see your prediction being any different if the Patriots ended up winning that game? Um, uh, no, because then I, the Seahawks beat the Pats, man, and 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 that was a close game, and I I I just think that um, what I feel is that Russell Wilson is going to make the smart smarter decisions. Um, especially coming off of that Cardinals game just a week or two ago mm-hmm. where he made a few m- poor decisions late. I think he's really going to work for this one. I think he's going to be really prepared. 
I know they're going to Buffalo, but I mean, I think I think Russell Wilson is going to have a game to remember. Yeah, this could be the game that, in my opinion, cements him as the MVP because if he goes, hey, like we said, Allen was balling out the first couple weeks. Mm-hmm. If they can have a high flying match this week. And uh, I mean, that's in the favor of Josh Allen, I think, if it's going to be an offensive, you know, shootout. Not saying that Russ can't keep up with Josh Allen. It's just Josh Allen, you know, he's got the big arm. He's got Stefan Diggs, and he's got a good running game. I mean, the Seahawks running game is beat up a little bit. Chris Carson's hurt. Carlos Hyde's hurt. They had to go with a guy named DJ Dallas against the 49ers last week. He did have a touchdown. He did have a touchdown, but that's who their starting running back was. All right, moving on uh, to uh, probably the game of the week. Definitely mm-hmm. the game of the week. Saints Bucks Sunday night football. I will be watching this religiously, bro. I will be in. I will be in full form to watch this game. I'm not playing around with this one. I mean, I think um, both teams had to find ways to really win late. Saints winning in overtime against the Bears. And I mean, the Bucks had to get the refs' help to beat the Giants. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this will be one of the best games. Antonio Brown and Alvin Kamara are going to be the difference makers for both sides, in my mind. Antonio Brown coming in is going to be really crazy and trippy, and not even make sense. And say what mm-hmm. you want about it, um, I'm not a huge AB fan, but he's a difference maker. I will man. acknowledge that. I acknowledge he's going to change the pace of this game, and I acknowledge if Saints can get Kamara working, he's their offense. Mm-hmm. Taysom Hill obviously got involved. Uh, I, I'm going to say he's going to get another score in some way this he did. week. He scored last week, right? Yeah, he did. So I, I'm going to say they're going to use him in an inventive way against the Bucks. Man, I they think always find a way. Taysom, they're going to see a Taysom Hill highlight this week. It's going to be something insane versus the Bucks. He's not going to fumble around. like he did against Green Bay, right? That's not no, that kind no. of a highlight. Speaking not of like the that. Saints, did you see that uh, little scuffle between Wims and Gardner Johnson last Sunday? Um, no, I no, oh, wait. You... Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. I saw all the memes, bro. I saw all the memes, dude. Bro. The dude, old dude just memes, walked bro. up to him and just you know swung on him with a helmet on. Where I saw all the memes, bro. I, I, dude, why what didn't make sense to me is how why didn't he punch the helmet and then wait and then go back, bro? He just went bro. for two in a row and then just the guy's yeah. just standing there like, why'd you just why, why'd you punch yeah. me? It didn't make much sense to me, man. It was funny though. Mm-hmm. It definitely was. It, I was. I was. I came home and I was like, "Well, they were talking about it. I'm like, what happened?" I mean, I, I, uh, I think it's funny. I, I, I remember I sent it to a couple of my friends, and they're not even football fans, and they thought it was funny. So, mm. I mean, Saints. But <laughs> there's always something with the Saints fan. I see. Uh, I see the. Um, I see Tampa winning this game, thirty-one to twenty. I do too. I see Breeze, you know, it was a good game week one. Breeze got that one. He played better. Obviously, Brady didn't have the time to click with his guys yet. But it's going to be a difference at all. Brady's going to throw three touchdowns. Breeze is going to struggle. And I see, like I said, Tampa winning 31 to 20. We got one more game here, the Patriots and the Jets. It's going to be another Monday night football game at MetLife Stadium with a okay, decently good team coming into New York to play. An awful New York team. This week, it's the Jets' turn. They're going to get embarrassed on Monday Night Football. They are not going to hang around like the Giants did against the (laughs) Bucs. They will get flat-out embarrassed. They will move to 0-9 on the season with a 41-10 blowout loss. Cam Newton's going to have his best game as a Patriot with 380 total yards and four touchdowns. This could be 
It could have been Darnold's last game as a Jet. I maybe hinted that he was going to get traded today, but it's not going to be Darnold's last game as a Jet quite yet. It's not going to matter. The Jets are going to turn the ball for five times. The Patriots are going to take one back for a touchdown. And I see the Jets moving closer to 0-16 with another awful loss. Yeah, Jets Jets are going to get murdered. Yeah. It's not going to be anywhere near close. Pat's I mean, easy. At the, I don't even consider the Jets a team this year. At the beginning of the season, I mean, their their predictions, their uh, power index predictions of by game, their best chances to win were against the Dolphins. I don't think they're going to beat the Dolphins this year. They will go 0-16. <laughs> I think uh, Jets are going to be 0-16. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, you know. But Trevor Lawrence, I've heard rumors that he could come back to school. I mean, he has missed two games now due to COVID as he tested positive for COVID-19 the middle of last week, I believe. And he missed the game on Saturday, and he's missing a big one this Saturday against Notre Dame. So maybe that'll influence his decision to come back, maybe play in front of a full stadium and get that full 14-game experience in college football before he moves on to the NFL. And really, who would want to go to the Jets? I would not, man. I wouldn't. You could give me all the money in the world, and I wouldn't play for the New York Jets. (laughs) Watch the Jets go 0-16 two years in a row, man. Um, The thing is – the Jets, I just really don't consider them a team, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, that being said, you know, I think that does wrap up our um, our segment here is we're going to go ahead and transition into bringing Logan in. Uh, super excited to have him on again. He's been on, I think, only once. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. It was uh, but, uh, the second or third guest. Super cool, dude. Super excited to have him on. So um, we'll be right back uh, for that segment. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? You know, we're just waiting for Logan to get in here and uh, intro the segment. Yep. And, uh, we're you know, obviously we're going to be talking about, um, you know, league MVP, stuff like that. A lot of exciting stuff. It'll be interesting. I'm excited to see if there were any unanimous votes across the board from us. Because I haven't yeah. seen Logan's and I haven't even I didn't even look at your notes. So I got a peek at one or two of yours and they were actually common. So. Right, It'll be interesting so, to see you the rest of the way. Yeah, for sure. Just once Logan hops in here, go ahead and get that um kicked off. You know, obviously, one thing we got to mention, um, Antonio Brown, is he's coming back, right, this week? Yep, this week. Yeah, so I was thinking about that probably all day. Just, man, yeah. that is, that is that's something I never thought I'd ever say. Uh-uh. His debut is going to be Sunday night, I think, against New Orleans. Yes, and that game we obviously talked about already. And um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm telling you, I think that could be um, game game of the year maybe. maybe yeah. even. Based on what I saw week eight, both those games coming down to the wire. One thing we did not mention is that the trade deadline was actually kind of dead this year. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you know, but it, it's already coming past. Yeah, and 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 there was no big name. No, other than uh, there were two big moves yesterday: Quan Alexander from San Fran to New Orleans, and then I think the Chargers traded Desmond King to Tennessee. That was, that was about it. I mean, last I year we Desmond King. Yeah, yeah, Desmond King is gone. No. Why? But I mean, that Tennessee. Makes me sad. That Tennessee may have that number one corner now. I mean. Yeah, but the Titans say yeah. that Malcolm Butler is the corner, but no, nah, man, one, he, but he, he ain't it. I'm sorry. Um, did you text Logan and let him know? You know, I uh, right now I am. Yeah, I uh, invited him through the email, but uh, we'll just see. Yeah, man. Um, I was 
I thought I thought Lions were definitely gonna make a move, and I thought that maybe I was hoping they did. I thought maybe with the controversy that's going on with Galladay, mm-hmm. that that maybe we were gonna trade him, and, and if well, we, we traded him, I would have literally beat Matt Patricia. I would have well, gone to Ford Field and beat him. Well, we actually don't have to worry about it because I don't know if you know this, but we cannot uh, tr- trade injured players. Hey, Kenny Galladay is officially injured, so so we're chilling. Uh, there he is. There he is. Welcome, Logan. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. How's it going, How guys? Been, good, good. Been doing all right. Doing all right. Been busy. Oh, yeah. aren't we all? That's aren't right. we all, man? Yeah. All right. We can hear well, the phone ringing. The phone is ringing. Yeah, this is yeah, a yeah. That's that's a, that's <laughs> my, my place. My, my phone's ringing. Wonderful. What a quality show. Top tier. Oh my gosh. All right, all right. <laughs> so as Al mentioned, we are going to be talking about mid-season MVPs today. We're going to be doing each one of us are going to have a midseason MVP, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, comeback player of the year, coach of the year. Um, Logan, do you want to kick us off and give us your midseason MVP? Yeah, guys, uh, I'm going to have to go with Russell Wilson right now. I mean, yeah. he was last uh, year, he was my yeah. midseason MVP last year, too. Now, a lot of people are on my side with that, but I think this year he's kind of pulled away from the group and uh, he's the clear MVP this year. Definitely. I, mean, I uh I, I do unanimous. agree. Yeah, it's pretty much a unanimous. Every... I mean, they've been saying it all year. The media, I think the national media has finally figured out what this guy's been doing the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, you hear it all over, you know, when the highlight shows they're saying let Russ cook. And I mean, Russ has been cooking all season long. Two thousand and one hundred and fifty one passing yards, twenty-six touchdowns. And he's completed 71% of his passes, and I think he's on pace for a 45-touchdown season with at least 4,000 yards. At least so, 4,000. At least. Um, I mean, he's the clear candidate, clear winner. Um, and I, I'm, I'm making another prediction, man. We'll be seeing Russ on the cover of the new Madden when, when the new Madden comes out. I have 100%. A we're, I, we're, we're seeing Russ on that game, man. He deserves it, and that's how I feel about the MVP. He's deserved it for a long time. I mean, since mm-hmm. his – his rookie year, he took them to the playoffs, and they played Atlanta. And obviously, I think they lost that game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, that year, he defeated Robert Griffin, one of the hottest rookies, who was also having a really also and began Russell, the downfall of Robert Griffin the third. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you and you see the difference in career and had one thing gone different. But Russell Wilson was always amazing, man. Just the height; he's not tall, and he bro. This dude, this dude is one of the best fo- football players of all time. Online. All around athlete, the way he can extend the play is why I really think he deserves MVP and has for a while. And I hope he's he's finally going to get it this year. Yep. I mean, I really, if you would ask me this in like week two or week three, I was thinking Josh Allen because Josh Allen got off yep. to a hot start. Him and Russ were both like neck and neck, but I think Josh Allen's hit the tough part of his schedule and they play each other this week. We yeah. broke that game down earlier, and it's going to be a good one, I think. All right, let's move on here to our Offensive Rookies of the Year. Uh, Logan, go ahead. Thanks, guys. Uh, probably have to go with Joe Burrow this year. I mean, kind of like the obvious choice, I guess. Number one pick, a lot of expectations coming in the season, but he's kind of delivered behind a pretty weak offensive line. I think he's third in the league in passing yards right now, which mm-hmm. is – kind of insane for a rookie and uh he does have a lot of weapons so he does have that going for him but for a rookie he's had an unbelievable year 
nice to see. He played really well in that win on Sunday over Tennessee, and he's played well even against rough competition. I mean, they're always in it. I don't think the Bengals have really been blown out. I mean, you see what he did in Cleveland on primetime. He played well against Tennessee. And, I mean, I think he can lead this Bengal team if he can get the right guys around him in a year or two, I believe, to make a playoff spot. I agree. I am um, Burrow was my odds-on favorite when I um when I started the season before really anything. But uh, a guy who I think um I think Burrow's going to get it. That's what I'll say. I think Burrow's going to get it. But who I want to get it is Justin Herbert. Um, um the level of play he's had. Yeah, he made a lot of mistakes here and there. Um but overall, I've been impressed with the productiveness he displays. Um Obviously, Keenan Allen and and Mike Williams attribute to that. But beyond that, I mean, I I I think Herbert is is excelling in the system they've put him in. I think I think he's exceeding expectations, and I think it'd be interesting if if Herbert can get to the end of the season and and um maybe maybe you know show even some more progress and some upside. I mean. You never know. I don't think he's going to win it, but it would be cool uh, if, if they don't end up giving it to Burrow. I think it'll go to Burrow. I think it's obvious. I know, Dale, mm-hmm. you have another guy that uh, it would maybe, be nice. maybe, maybe you'd like to see him win, so why don't you talk about him? I want to comment on Justin Herbert. It would be really nice if um, they could stop blowing 17-point leads for him. <laughs> because <laughs> really, I mean, the Chargers should he have. He should have beat the Chiefs. The Chargers really should have, like, five wins right now. If we're yeah. all going to be honest here right now. Yeah. I mean, if that they, was just hey, an absolute – if they had five wins, he would actually really be in the conversation. That disaster last week in Denver. Yeah. I mean, don't get me started on that Monday night game in the, against New Orleans. Yeah, man. And then, obviously, his rookie debut, he should have beaten the defending Super Bowl champion. Yeah, he should have man. But my rookie of the year right now is – I'm going to go in a different direction, guys. Uh, you have both put out quarterbacks, and it's usually mainly a quarterback award. But I'm going for wide receiver by the name of Justin Jefferson. He was the number 22 overall pick by the Minnesota Vikings out of LSU. Obviously, college teammates with number one overall pick Joe Burrow. He has 31 catches with 563 yards and three touchdowns this season. He's had most of those yards, though, in three really big games against the Seahawks, the Titans, and the Falcons, averaging 19.1 yards per catch. He's really had to step up being the number two without Stephon Diggs there with Diggs and Buffalo now. And I can see Jefferson hitting the thousand mark plateau and eight touchdowns to finish 2020 and winning this rookie of the year. Hey, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Like you said, it tends to be a, uh, a quarterback um, award, but that's not, that's not a given. That's not a requirement, obviously. So, I mean, the, the level of output he's coming in and, and the productivity he's displayed in, in just a short amount of time, halfway through this season, to replace Diggs the way he does, um, and you know I'm gen- genuinely even excited as a Lions fan, even though he's on the Vikings, to see this guy play. Yeah, he's I, uh he's gonna rip us up this week. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say a hundred and at least a touchdown. Well, everybody rips us up. Very yeah. true. Very true. We, we, we made some dude. We, we made some dude named Naeem Hines look good last week. Dude, so. Naeem Hines went off. He man. did like if three. We, car, we did, he did like three cartwheels in the end zone. Bro, if we did player spotlight this week, Naeem. Yeah, Hines, Naeem Hines would probably have been my player. Yeah, he would have been the pick all the way. Um, moving on to defensive rookie of the year, Logan. You know, you're the guest man. Guest first. Be our guest. All right. So uh, maybe I'm going off the board. I'm not sure, but. Uh, 
my defensive rookie of the year would be uh, Patrick Queen from the Ravens. Uh, might have been a little bit of an underdog to get the award this year, but, I mean, he stepped in that role, and he's been one of the better players in that defense this year at, in his rookie years. So, I don't know, I just got to go with him. I mean, I definitely um, seen him yeah. being being something in this league when he was drafted. That's you, the first thing I talked about. You really, I would say you really opened my eyes the first episode to Patrick Queen. Yeah, I knew about I, him at LSU, but you really opened my eyes to Patrick Queen when we talked about him in that first episode. I was excited to to hear about him and see him. It would be great to see him win the award. Um, even Did Ray Lewis win from, Rookie of the Year? Uh, you know, I can't remember, but I think it would be interesting if he if he ends up winning the award because I expect him to be a superstar in this league at some point. But if he wins it like this year, then, I mean, that's just our – that's and, I mean, he definitely deserves it because he came in and he exceeded what I thought of him. I thought we'd have to see him grow more maybe a few seasons. But, I mean, this rookie year he's put together so far has been outstanding, especially I think it was the game against the Browns. Um he he's been mm-hmm. he's been oh, he had out. a fumble return for a touchdown I believe in that game yeah yeah he did he really impressed me that game so um beyond that though I think Dill we both have the same we both guy. have the same pick you want you go ahead and go yeah first. I only have a few things Antoine Winfield Jr. you know this he's balling out. like I have not I'll be honest I have not been impressed with Chase Young I know he mm-hmm. sat no, out he had before. he had one good game I believe I had him in player spot like yeah one he, he had that uh, strip sack so... and that was about it. I'm so disappointed in him, man. I know, like, I, as a Lions fan, I was like, wait, I wish we could have not tied so that we could have had Chase Young. But now it's like, bruh, I've liked Jeff Okuda's play more than Chase Young. Yeah, yeah, well, that we, can, we, can save, we can save that for another debate for another I day. I mean, as a but... Lions fan, but he what he had the one good game, and then I mean, he's we hurt week four. I know he's I know he's a tank, and I know that it's. It's hard for all these players not having a preseason and and been able to get warmed up. That's why we saw a lot of injuries early, early, early on. But man, Chase Young has just not impressed me. Mm-mm. I mean, I'm also going with Winfield. I mean, I talked about him in the draft series. I believe he was like a mid round pick out of Minnesota. I watched him play a lot in college. Obviously, as PJ Fleck was rebuilding that Golden Gopher squad out there in Minneapolis, he led the Big Ten in interceptions his senior season. But this year, so far in the NFL, he's got 31 tackles with a tackle for a loss, a pick, and a fumble. He's really shown that he could have been maybe in that first or second round window. He's a big piece in that very tough Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that is showing this year that they can be a top five defense with guys like Devin White and Antoine Winfield, JPP, and guys like that. His best game so far was in week two with a forced fumble and 11 combined tackles. I can see him finishing the season with 60 tackles and getting another interception. And uh, he was a part of some controversy last night, as we talked about earlier. That was, uh, I'm going to say that was pass interference, and I really think that it should have been. I don't know, man. I didn't see nothing. (laughs) I mean, I kind of wanted to see the Giants win that game, so that's kind of why I'm on the old pass interference thing. All right, let's move on here to comeback player of the year. Uh, Logan, who's your comeback player of the year so far? So, guys, this award's kind of unique because it's not exactly, like, how you're performing. It kind of has a little bit of, like, depth to it. Like, emotion gets played into it. Like, what happened to you? Like, if you have a sad story and you come back, it's uh, you could win the award. And uh, my guy this year is Alex Smith. For I sure. Mean, for sure, for sure. It's not all about stats. Was, he was in a life-threatening situation, like – 
what, like a year, year and a half ago? Yeah, yeah, where he had the horrific leg injury. That was just – I remember that to this day. And uh, the comeback, nobody thought he would start. Everyone thought Dwayne Haskins has his job. They're going to let him run with it, try to see what he can do this year. They're not going to compete for Super Bowl this year, obviously. And he ends up getting benched for Alex Smith. And they're right in the thick of things in that division, weakest division in the NFL. So, but – for him to be back playing in the league right now, it's just unbelievable. I agree. He may have only appeared in a game or two so far this year, but just it's just the story itself. I mean, you saw – I don't know if you watched that ESPN documentary that they did on his comeback, but just to watch him rehab when he first had the surgery, that big, like, pin, you know, brace thing that they had on his leg, yeah. and for him to come from that a year later to be on a football field Crazy. running around and just – I'll never forget watching him get sacked by Aaron Donald thinking, oh, my gosh, he's going to, you know, break him in half again. But it just shows that, you know, he basically witnessed he had a miracle happen to him. I mean, he should not be on a football field right now. But it's just amazing story. I agree. Alex, all right, who's your comeback player of the year? Hey, when I thought about comeback player of the year, obviously I thought about Alex Smith. And it would be really cool for Alex Smith to win it, especially because – just, you know, I support him. <clears throat> and I think he, he he's a really good quarterback and, and he and he was and he set up the Chiefs dynasty and we, we gotta give him a lot more credit than we do, you know. Um but really um when it came down to things for me, at this point in the season I see the award going to Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, so far on the season, I don't even I don't even wanna say he's got at least fourteen touchdowns, I think somewhere in that range, fourteen, fifteen, fifteen touchdowns, I think. Um yards he he 15 touchdowns is what stand out to me you know Claypool obviously had four in one game or, or or you know but um the thing is I mean Big Ben just I did not expect this from him I thought he was washed up I thought he was mm-hmm. beat I thought he was I thought this was the last ride I thought he'd come in and be mediocre I thought he'd come in I thought he was gonna have an Eli Manning kind of a season I thought he was right off into the dead, sunset just right off in the sunset nothing get benched for somebody not even get Mason benched. Rudolph yeah brain damage but may, maybe not even get benched but maybe just not have what it takes Big Ben has come back hot they are eight and oh they they well they will be eight no because I, I I this is an easy win for them this week. Um, it's, 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 it's chalked up to be, oh yeah, that's right. They're playing Dallas, aren't they? Yeah. It's, it's chalked up to be eight. No, in my mind. So, I mean, uh, they, they, they're, they're big Ben is, is who I attribute that to. And, um, I think that, I mean, if he can, if he can kind of keep this up because they did Mm -hmm. beat the Titans and that was a tough game. Yeah. Um, if they can beat this up, they, they're, they're going to end up obviously winning that division they just beat the ravens right and um i mean it was a close game for a little bit right but they um, really should have lost that game they should have they should have but they 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 i I feel like if they can keep getting these key important games i don't think they're gonna go super far because that's the thing once we hit the playoffs i don't know i think their luck will run out i think they're very lucky but i also i also have to give big ben a lot of credit for surprising me i really thought he was going to be a bottom tier quarterback this year and and just and just have nothing left after that injury, but he's been playing really really solid for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You mentioned Chase Claypool. Yeah, you know if he would have only had you know more than one good game, he may have been my rookie of the year. Yeah, 
I mean, he had the four touchdown game that you mentioned, but I think he's only had like one other touchdown. Yeah, it's that. it's. So, yeah, everybody, everybody ran out there and uh, everybody ran out there and picked up up in fantasy after that four touchdown game, and yeah, that yeah. was that was pretty much about it for him. Uh my comeback player of the year. Um, he is back in the league after a couple seasons with the New England Patriots, reunited with Tom Brady. Yes, Rob Gronkowski. I mean, it's more of for the story than anything. Obviously, has won three Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. Took a year off. And then now coming back with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, and they are starting to finally click. He yeah. has 26 catches for 321 yards and three touchdowns so far this season. Had a slow couple first weeks, but he has really picked it up big time. He has 13 of those 26 catches in the last three games with both or now three touchdowns after his touchdown last night. 12.7 yards per catch, and he's been targeted more in these last couple games. I can see him finishing the year solid with about 700 yards and maybe seven touchdowns. For sure, man. Moving on to our um, final, yes, final coach, award of the day. Coach we are going to be yeah, coach of the year. Logan, 20, go ahead. So I think I'm going to have to go with Mike Tomlin for this one. I mean, last undefeated team left in the league. They're undefeated and probably debatably the toughest division in the league. If you want to say the NFC West is the toughest division out you, we can agree to disagree, but uh, I, I mean, they just beat the Titans. They just knocked them off from being undefeated. Uh, like you said, Ben Roethlisberger come back. Uh, he does deserve some credit for that, but I think Mike Tomlin building that defense and uh, having guys step up to get them to undefeated. Uh, I mean, you got to give him the credit for it. Mm-hmm, for I, sure. I, I agree. He's exactly my choice. They're going to be eight. No. Oh, like I said, after this week against Dallas, um, Mike Tomlin does not get enough credit. He's, he, in my mind, top five coach all time, maybe even top three for me personally. Um, I've always been impressed with the way he builds the team and structures the team and conducts the team. I think you're right. Uh, to Ben Roethlisberger, and mostly just for surprising us um, with where we expected him to be and where he actually is playing at. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's Mike Tomlin. He's running the team. He's assembled the team. Um, and like you said, that defense has, 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 has been the difference maker in these close ones, I think. And um, you got to give a lot of credit to him. And I think he definitely deserves Coach of the Year in 2020. That being said, Dale, we know who you're going to talk about. I know who you're going to talk about because you've kind of mentioned it on the pod. And you've kind of talked about it with me. So, I mean, uh, why, don't, why don't you just go ahead? I know you're a big fan of this team this year. All right. Um, Logan kind of mentioned the NFC West a little bit. I am going to say it right now. The NFC West is the best division in football. And the biggest surprise in my eyes this year has been the team that this gentleman coaches, Cliff Kingsbury, the Arizona Cardinals head coach. They were 5-10-1 last year in 2019, and they are 5-2 and two this year so far, fresh off of the great win on Sunday Night Football to beat the Seattle Seahawks give them their first loss of the season going into the bye. The offense is aver- – I mean, you just got to talk about the offense. They're averaging 6.1 yards per play and averaging just about half of, of the time possession. They're averaging 29 minutes of possession a game. Kyler Murray, 2,000 yards passing, almost 500 on the ground already. Hopkins has a 704 receiving yards. Buda Baker, 48 tackles and two interceptions, fresh off of being the highest-paid safety in the league. The defense has six interceptions total, and they're only allowing – their run game stop is pretty good with only four touchdowns allowed. 
I see them fighting for Seattle for this division. And if they don't win it, I don't see them winning the division, but they will take one of those three wild card spots. Crazy that game they had against Seattle. That was I mean, they were dead in the water, weren't they down ten with like four minutes to go? Yeah. That could be up put up there for a game. I, game. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, just the the comeback by Kyler Murray and the mistakes that Russell Wilson made. Obviously, we talked about it on the pod last week. The memes that came out of DK Metcalf chasing Buda Baker yeah. down. I mean, <laughs> the memes that I've seen in the last week just make me laugh. It makes me laugh just bringing up the topic. For real, man. DK, I don't know why he looked like that. That was the goofiest know, D- run. DK is just built different, man. Dude, there's just was, like there's there's DK like Metcalf and then there's other human beings. I swear. Like he's just on his own level, I think. <laughs> For sure. Um a lot of people have been saying he's the Megatron 2.0. Maybe. I mean, AJ AJ Brown came out of Ole Miss too. Yeah. I mean, they're built like almost the same way. It's just insane. Both of those guys came out of the same school and they're both, you know, the same class and just to watch them basically play the same way. It's just like, it's like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf are like secretly twins. Swear. Just don't know it yet. (laughs) Um, That being (laughs) said, you know, we're going to want to go ahead and thank you, Logan, again for coming on the pod, man. You know, it meant a lot to us to have you back on here. We will have you again, obviously, for obvious reasons. You know, we know you come prepared. We know you're a big fan, man. So thanks. Thanks again for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, guy. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun, man. For sure, man. We'll we'll definitely have you on again, man. And um, we just want to thank everybody who's listening as well and uh, supporting us and and sharing this. Whether it's your couple weeks behind, whenever you hear this, um, you know we just appreciate all the support. Um, player spotlight's gonna be back uh, next week. Um, don't forget to you know rate, review, subscribe, all those all those fun things. Um, you know we're still trying to grow a football family on here. And uh, we're going to be reviewing, you know, week eight and previewing, you know, the next couple of weeks. And, and, you know, it's double digits. We're getting into weeks that are going to be 10, man. That's crazy. Double I, digits. I, I didn't think when uh, this whole, you know, pandemic started that we would actually have uh, nine weeks of NFL football. For real. But here we are, man. It's getting ready to be the playoff push. Yeah, I mean, we, I'm seeing those uh, ESPN playoff graphics already. For I sure. saw one uh, this morning. The Lions are in the hunt, even though we're a three and five. Uh, we do not so deserve to be yeah, in the hunt. We deserve weeks, to have Matt Patricia fired. We don't, yeah. But uh, with the new proposal that the NFL is bringing on, possibly if they don't have a week 18, if they don't need to make up a bunch of games, they may be adding each another playoff team for each conference. So there could be 16 teams in the playoffs this season. Crazy. So that's we'll uh, that means I'd be no no buys then. That means you'd have to win three games to go to the Super Bowl, no matter what. Dang, that's tough. Um, all that being said, man, you know, uh, we we thank you again for the support, and uh, we'll we'll see you next week.